that they are able to give glory to God as we've heard today. So now at this time, Pastor will be coming and opening the word of God to us and I'll hand it over to Pastor. Thank you to all who participated and made it different. <laughs> and that's, that's good. Um, <coughs> variety. And as we go through the message this morning, it's still this morning, <laughs> we uh, will be speaking on singing as well. If you turn in your Bibles to the psalm, Psalm 98, and turn in your hymn books to hymn number 87, I believe it is, Joy to the World, because we'll be referring to both as we go through the sermon this morning. <clears throat> and as today is the first day we've sung for nine months as a congregation, it is appropriate that this be the song. I was reading a book on heaven up in, uh, on our holiday and got through it. And I, the thought came to me about doing this sermon for today. Joy to the world. And that's been the theme of the message that's been sung this morning. Who likes singing this song, Joy to the World? I mean, a few of us do. <laughs> but when we sing it or when we have specials and we've had a Mirambina, this is one that we usually, usually start or end with on our Christmas programs and Christmas singing specials. Have you ever considered the words? You know, we're supposed to look at the words of what we're singing. <laughs> what are they saying? What are these words saying in the hymn book? I've got a copy here, but not the hymn book. There's four verses. For instance, the first verse. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. You could say Christmas, <laughs> celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus. Verse 2. Joy to the world, the Saviour reigns. Oh, something's changed. <laughs> the Saviour reigns, not as a baby and so we'll go through this song today. What are the words saying? What are they talking about? We need to pay attention to that. And I'm guilty too of not maybe paying attention to this song when we've sung it with gusto many times. Who and when was this song written by and at what time was it written? Well, <clears throat> let me start by introducing the writer of the hymn and when he wrote this, and if you've got your hymn book open, you've already found it. Isaac Watts was the old, the old man, or the odd man, <laughs> worthy of knowing. He wrote many books. He lived from 1674 to 1748. And so this hymn was first sung in a, from a hymn book 301 years ago, this hymn when he had written it and put it, the words to music. He was a precocious man or child, <laughs> taking to books like a fish to water. He began writing poems when he was seven 
And this is in the book I was reading on heaven by Pastor Jeremiah. He, re- he began writing um, <coughs> these after his college years. He began writing hymns. Isaac lived in a time when hymns were frowned upon. For many British believers only sang psalms in church and that without music. But Isaac wrote hymns anyway and is remembered today as the father of English hymnology. He also served as a pastor in London and wrote textbooks on logic used in major universities. I don't think they'd read them there today. (laughs) He was small in size, eccentric in habit and a great heart. And even now, more than 270 years later, many of his hymns are widely sung, including his great Christmas carol, Joy to the World. Let me remind you of a few that are in the 13 of Isaac Watts' hymns in our hymn book. Um, Number 10, O God, our help in ages past. Number 23, Come we that love the Lord. Number 27, I sing the mighty power of God. 87, joy to the world. 110, alas and did my saviour die. 118, when I survey the wondrous cross. 126, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Am I a soldier of the cross? 414, we're marching to Zion. So this man had a spread. This is only a few of the multitude of hymns that he, he put together. He was a man of change in his day. <laughs> but it goes on, and I read from what I read, but Watts would be mortified to know that joy to the world is sung today as a Christmas carol because he wasn't thinking of the birth of Christ when he wrote it. But our Lord's return and the golden age that would follow the coming of the Lord. If you read the hymn, you, uh, wow, that's what he was talking about. Now I hope I haven't dashed you and your aspirations of singing joy to the world as a Christmas carol. <laughs> because we still will here sing it as such, but you'll have a new understanding when you sing it. Yes, as I said, this hymn appeared 301 years ago in 1719 in the hymn book, in which Watts took many of the biblical psalms and paraphrased them through the eyes of the New Testament and understanding the New Testament and the Old Testament and writing it through that joy to the world. It's based on the interpretation of the psalm we're looking at, and hopefully you've turned to, Psalm 98. And the, ref- the words do not refer to the birth of Christ at all, but they refer to the Lord and his return and his coming. Uh, <clears throat> as we read through that, and as we'll sing it a little later, and if you, you can read it in your hymn book there, these things that are written in this psalm did not happen at the birth of Christ wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. Did earth receive her king? In a sense, but they rejected the babe born of Bethlehem. Was nature transformed? Was fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains changed? Did thorns stop infesting the ground? That's what we sing in this hymn. Was the curse lifted? Did sin and sorrow cease? Does Christ currently rule the world with truth and grace? Do the nations acknowledge his righteousness? No, and they didn't and haven't, but will. 
So these statements do reflect biblical promises, but they're not about the first coming of Christ. So to continue reading, they reference his second coming, the glorious millennium, that will be ushered upon the earth when he returns. Now, the writer said, I don't intend to stop singing joy to the world. Now, in our hymn books, I haven't got mine here, but in our hymn books, where is joy to the world put? What group of hymns are around it? All the carols. Christmas, the event of the first coming of Christ. It's not with the, the hymns later on that refer to his reign and coming, 139 to 157, nor about the eternal destiny of the Christian, 497 and following. But it's grouped with that. Even the people that put great hymns of the faith together included it there with the carols. Well, yes, he will come. He will establish his kingdom on earth. Um, we look forward to that day eagerly. When every heart will prepare him room, when thorns stop infesting the ground, and all the, aim, all the farmers said, Amen. <laughs> no, more, no more Roundup. Yes, they'll ban Roundup, but they, that day it won't be needed. <laughs> no more of that being used. When Christ will rule the, word, the world with truth and grace. And uh, a, a wonderful time to look forward to. <clears throat> And at the conclusion of the thought here, in the introduction to this chapter, the writer said the millennium is the transition period between the old earth and the new earth. And it would be difficult to cover the subject of heaven without devoting a chapter to the millennium. He wrote, the millennium will be an earthly foretaste of a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, Thomas Ice, he referred to, who writes for Friends of Israel, and another man say in their book on heaven and eternity, the millennium is the precursor to the eternal state. It will be different than life as we know it today, but it will still fall short of the absolute perfection of the eternal state, for Satan is loosed for a short time at the end of it. And uh, people do sin, and nations don't give praise to the Lord, and drought comes their way. And so <clears throat> the millennium is the church's honeymoon after the marriage in the seven-year period of tribulation. Let's go to Psalm and uh, divide this one up and to the song that we have. Joy to the world. <clears throat> Get my copy up here. This psalm falls into a group of psalms, Psalm 93 to 100, that are called the Royal Psalms speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his royalty as king. <clears throat> Most commentators divided this as I looked through it and through their writings to rejoice in God as Saviour, verses 1 to 3 in Psalm 98, rejoice in God as King, verses 4 to 6, and rejoice in God as Judge, verse 7 to 9. And this is the psalm that Isaac Watts based joy to the world on. Let's pray before we look at it. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word of God, for these men of past times who have written things about your word and songs that we can sing with all our heart today. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one that came at Bethlehem, as we've been reminded this morning, and that is coming again very soon to return to receive us unto yourself. Lord, we, we hasten the day by witnessing to souls that the Gentiles might be full and come in. Lord, that we might see you face to face, 
that we might be out of this world with all its problems, with all the unrighteousness, with the wickedness, with the wars, and we might be in your presence, at peace, praising you for eternity. Bless the word as it's shared in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Joy to the world. Now, we're not going to start with verse 1 and go down to verse 9 like I'd normally do, but we're going to use Isaac Watts's four verses and then look at the verses he referred to when he wrote that verse. The first verse, Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. He was referring to verses 4 to 6 when he wrote the first verse which reads in Psalm 98, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praises. Sing unto the Lord with the harp. Huh. I, John had a little box on Wednesday night. I said, what's in it? And he wasn't going to tell me. <laughs> he eventually said, it's a harp. <laughs> and uh, he used it this morning. <laughs> so praise the Lord, we, we did it biblically. On the, with the harp and with the voice of psalms and with trumpets and the sound of the coronet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord the King. Joy to the world <coughs> for the Lord returns. That's what he's saying in, these ver in this verse and these verses of scripture. Notice what accompanies the Lord's return. And folks, get ready, prepare, because it's going to happen. You're going to be involved if you're a Christian. <laughs> There's going to be a joyful noise, a joyful noise, as it puts it in verse 4. And these are voices, as it happened at the first coming in the Gospel of Luke. There were voices that were heard that were saying certain things. Luke chapter 2 and verse 13 and 14, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Wasn't that Zadiki up there on the film? The star. The star. What's that? The star. the star, okay. And out of the star shot a hand. Do you see that coming out? <laughs> he, was, he was not told to do that. <laughs> But he was doing that as they came. I don't know how it was filmed. I wasn't here. But, you know, the children put us to shame in their, their unabashedness to come forward and do things. But, <clears throat> and that's the dicky. Anyway, that's his nature. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. Suddenly. And these voices said this. As it happened at his first coming, so it is going to happen. There are going to be voices at his second coming in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. We read, And the four beasts and had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and the rest not day and night, saying, there's voices, they're saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. When he comes again, this is going to be the great chorus of heaven. Well, the great voices that are going to say. And if you go through Revelation and look at the sayings of these beings, and you go to each one, they progressively get louder and longer. It's like a crescendo at the end when they use every word they can, exalting the Lord. When he returns, the Lord's going to be exalted. 
above all men with all these beings saying these things. In chapter 4 and verse 10, it's the (coughs) four and twenty elders. It said, fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. It's representative of Christians, these 24 elders, and saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And so there are the voices that come at that time. And there is a song as well when he comes. Some are singing, some are saying. And we return to Revelation chapter 14 and verse 2. We refer to these as the 144,000 in verse 1. And I heard the voice of heaven like the voice of waters and like the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. And so they're singing. There's voices saying wonderful things about God. There are those, that the 144,000 that are singing. And you know, those folks might be alive today and don't know that they're going to be a part of this this choir. They're over there in the Middle East, scattered around the world, Jewish people, that will be chosen one day to evangelize the world in the seven-year period. And they're going to sing because they have been martyred by the midst of the tribulation. And they'll be there singing and rejoicing in God. We'll we'll learn the song. We'll hear it when we get there. (laughs) But that's for a time to come. And if you go to chapter 15, Revelation 15, and verses 2 and 3, it says this. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark And over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses. Remember when they go through the Red Sea? (laughs) And the song of Moses and Miriam. The servant of God and the song of the Lamb. Saying, great and marvellous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. And so they're singing. (laughs) The 144,000 are singing. Those who have gotten victory over the beast and a great multitude are singing. And in chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, there's another group singing. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. <clears throat> and they, in verse, this verse, verse 8 says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and Golden vials full of the odours which are the prayers of the saint, saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open its seals. Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred tongue, people and nation. And so the saints, the elders and the beasts are singing. So when the Lord returns, there's going to be a lot of voices saying things. A lot of people and being singing, singing to the glory of God. But also, there are those musicians that are going to accompany those that sing. And we read in verse 5 of Psalm 98, Sing unto the Lord with the harp, 
with the harp and the voice of psalms. And back in verse 4, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And verse 6, with trumpets and sound of cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord. With harps, we've done it. With trumpets, we will do it. He's going to give it a go. Listen. Adjusting. <laughs> he has to get the right note just now. be trumpets, there'll be harps and the other cornet is a bigger trumpet, <laughs> fatter trumpet they said and short and shorter but this is what we will hear when we get to heaven joy to the world, thank you Michael <laughs> you hit all the right notes, <laughs> he was so nervous when I asked him last night to do that <laughs> let's go to the next Stanza, and we will move a bit quicker with the next two. Joy to the world. This is the stanza of the song that Isaac Watts wrote. The Saviour reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. This is a reference that he got from verse 7 and 8 of Psalm 98. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands and the hills be joyful together. We had the African folk singing. They moved more than us. Yeah. <laughs> and they were singing from their heart and their body about what they were singing about. And here the floods, the hills, are joyful together on the day that the Lord reigns. This is speaking about his reign. We know the Bible speaks of that. In Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born. That's Bethlehem. Unto us a son is given. And the government. That immediately skips several thousand years at least. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called what? Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting father. The prince of peace. And of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon the king, kingdom to order it, to establish it. With judgment and justice from henceforth forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He will reign. He will return and he will reign. And praise God that it will be a wonderful time. And the increase of his government, that means people will be born and people will come under his authority. He will rule with a rod of iron and we could reference some Chapter 2, in reference to that, you know, why do the, the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing? God 
The Lord will reign. The Lord Jesus will reign from Jerusalem. And things will change dramatically. As we've already mentioned. But in Isaiah 65 we add to what we've said in verse 18. And be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold I create Jerusalem a rejoicing. And her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Right now it's a divided city. The Jordanians control the Temple Mount. Mr. Krishna has tried to change that, and I think it is in the winds to change. Uh, Verse 20 of the same, Isaiah 65, There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man, nor he that fulfilled his days, nor the child shall die at a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred shall be accursed. And right down at the end, and the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. It's never happened. It's going to happen when the Lord reigns after he returns. And it says there, the wolf lay down with the lamb, they shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. That's when your children, we won't be having children, we'll be glorified, but those who are on earth who have children can have a pet wolf, have a pet snake, a pet alligator, whatever you want, (laughs) because they're not going to hurt nor harm in all the holy hill, because Jesus reigns. And any wonder that they are rejoicing and breaking out in song. We ought to be anticipating and looking forward to this. If we're Christians, we're going to be part of it. And then the, the third stanza to the hymn says, No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And where is it found? All over the world. Uh, you know, with the, the videos and things they're sending back from Mars and other things they're visiting these days, you look at it and say, Did the curse go further than the world? <laughs> Because it looks like a cursed place. (laughs) Very dry, dusty. Looks like water's been there before. It might be wind. But just speaking of earth, (laughs) things need to change. Increasingly, the curse is spreading its tentacles all over the world. Ask the farmers. (laughs) How did they farm without the uh, (laughs) plough and a drum called Roundup, Brother Don? How did you do it? Well, they ploughed and they ploughed and they ploughed. They used a lot of diesel instead of poison. They ploughed the weeds, turn them up. Then they plough them again and turn them over again. And they ploughed again. That won't have to happen. In this this day, the curse is removed. And we, we can say that this is referenced to, in Isaac Watts's mind, this is referring to verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 98, the third stanza of the hymn, O sing unto the Lord a new song, For he hath done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly shown in the sight of the heathen. He redeems creation. Joy to the world, the Lord returns. Joy to the world, he reigns. Joy to the world, he redeems creation. Some people have argued with me about that. No, it's only us that are redeemed. No, no, no. Romans 8 specifically says it's the world too that benefits from what the Lord has done. And he has to have the victory. 
Satan has caused this decimation and our sin has caused it too. But God, the Lord Jesus is going to reverse it all. Otherwise, he is not God. <laughs> he cannot be claim if the devil can win any, in any wise, in any way. The Lord is not who he claimed to be. And he is who he claimed to be. <laughs> well, it refers to the fall in this song, in the stanza, the curse is found. And in these verses, it refers to that and it says, let's praise God for what he is going to accomplish as he redeems even creation. <clears throat> Romans 8 has referred to. We'll just have to leave it, but... He regenerates, he restitutes, he restores, he refreshes, he renews, he rewards. They're all verses that we, words that are in verses that we could refer to about him redeeming. Joy to the world. It's going to happen. For he has done marvellous things. And the nations will see, it says the heathen in the last part of verse 2, shown in the sight of the heathen. And if you read... Ezekiel 37, 38 and 39, it says there, as God starts this action toward this redemption of creation, it talks about, then shall the nations know, then shall the heathen know, and then shall Israel know. It's got it about six times mentioned there that God is on the throne and the saints will rejoice. He was born to die, as we've heard sung this morning. And last of all, the fourth stanza of Isaac Watts' hymn, He rules the world with truth and grace. He makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Joy to the world because he rules. And this is found from verse, or taken from verse 3 and 9 of Psalm 98. He hath redeemed Sorry, he hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. That is not that the gospel is preached everywhere. It also includes the curse is removed. All the ends of the earth will see it. See the salvation. Verse 9 said before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth with righteousness and he shall judge the peoples with equity. He rules. He rules and controls. And I've already referred to Psalm 2. And we haven't time to turn there. But we conclude with the reading of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24 to 28. That reads, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule, because he rules, all rule will be put down and all authority and power. He must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet, even the curse. <laughs> the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted who did put all things under him, that is God the Father. And when he hath when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, God the Father, that put all things under him, Christ, that God may be all in all. And this is why Isaac would be mortified to know that we're singing it as a carol, because it should be about his coming. But we'll sing it as a carol 
as well. <laughs> and uh, we'll mortify him a bit more. Uh, we'll, we'll have to talk to him when we get to heaven <laughs> and say, Isaac, we did it different to what you said. But we this morning can say, joy to the world, for the Lord returns, for he reigns, for he redeems, and for he rules. Does he rule in your heart? Are you saved by the blood of the Lamb? As if you're not, it's no time to mess around and waste time and put off the decision. Because today is the day of salvation. We have no assurance of tomorrow. Things, could, things when they change will change instantly in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Then it all starts running its course. The rest of the, the Bible that hasn't been fulfilled quickly. But you need to be saved before that starts. Saved today. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless it to us. Help us to understand this psalm, this song, in a new light as we read through both and sing them at different times. Lord, if there's a person that's not a Christian, not saved, may they today believe on the Lord, for it's no time to make, to put off a decision, but to make a decision. Our Lord, speak to their hearts by your Holy Spirit and convict them of their need of salvation, the need of the King in their heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, born to die to save us. Thank you, Lord, for the fellowship and the singing and the folks 